This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Well, hello, 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 squirrels. It's me, your local host and celebrity chanteuse and comedian extraordinaire who is still taking over the Squirrel Talk podcast to talk RuPaul's Drag Race UK. <laughs> the one and only Hillary Yes. Um, I know that most of you find my voice grating, so I'm going to practice to be really zen and mantra and, you know, happy today. Maybe get into my sultry... Sultry tones. Do you like that, everybody? My sultry tones? Oh, honestly, I really need a lot of sultry tones these days. Don't you all need some sultry tones in your life? Life can be so stressful. Uh, I know that right now I'm actually at um, a cottage. I, I can't even record in the privacy of my own home right now. I'm at a, at a cottage because it's Canadian Thanksgiving. Have you heard of Canadian Thanksgiving? I expect you have if you're Canadian. Um, but, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving and so there's a lot of family stress around me. Um, but luckily, we have RuPaul's Drag Race to watch. This episode was not not stressful. It was actually very stressful to watch. Um, so I thought I'd bring on someone who is just incredibly lovely um, and actually knows a lot about, um, I don't know, how to keep it cool in stressful situations. Um, this, is, this is an incredible guest, everybody. One of my favorite people in the universe. Um, the recent winner of Camp Wanakiki. That's right. The campy reality drag show um, where drag queens go to summer camp and have lots of crazy camp times. Um, this is the current reigning queen of camp herself, the one and only Geneva Convention. Geneva! Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I am so excited to have you here, too. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming <laughs> and, and showing up for me. All hail the queen. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I can't believe that people find your voice grating. I would listen to you do ASMR. I think that you should. You could lull me to sleep with your dulcet tones. Really? I think so. I think I would listen to that. Oh, that, that's <laughs> probably the nicest thing someone's ever said to me. You know, I'm, I, I definitely have a nice part in my voice, but you know a lot about voice, don't you? Are, are you aren't you a singer? I am. I also know a lot about losing your voice. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm losing your voice, finding your voice. Uh, yeah. It's, we've been all different directions with the voice. <laughs> uh, speaking of the voice, there's this weird new show in Canada called Call Me Mother, which is like Drag Race crossed with the voice. Have you heard of that? I, you know, I've heard of it, but I like I haven't actually seen it. Is it is it airing already? Because I'm excited about that concept. Right. I, I think it starts pretty soon. A lot like ugh, it's crazy, you know, up here, um, uh, you know, since Canada has started to get drag raceified and mm -hmm. drag shows are starting to pop up. It's so changing our culture up here. It's like, 
every, everyone I know is slowly turning into a Rue girl or something, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. Like the impact that drag race has had on just drag as a whole community. <laughs> like, I think that could be its own series of podcasts to talk about how much it's impacted the scene, even in the last, like, you know, five to 10 years, it's crazy how different it is just because of this phenomenon and how many shows have spun off from it. Um, but it's, but it's wonderful because it's creating so many opportunities, you know, um, I never imagined there would ever be a singing competition with drag. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there is one, well, I, the, the, the one up here I think is more like a drag with a drag mother thing, but like you're saying a singing competition, I think there's another one, like called the ultimate drag queen or something, which is a singing competition. Uh, that's crazy. That's like so there's, cool. I know there's everything right now. I love it. Which is actually quite nice. Cause you know, all they all, you know, drag Queens always are lip sync for some reason, but you can do a lot more than lip sync. There's, right. There's so much like, I mean, if you think about the format of reality shows, I would love to see some shit like a pawn stars with drag Queens. Like you're just <laughs> going in and pawning your old jewelry um, or just drag like a, I don't know, like antiques road show. You're just going to go to someone's house and like, don't even mention that you're a drag queen. You just go and assess their antiques and just see what happens. <laughs> like I would watch any of that shit. Like just drag queens doing normal people shit, but you're drag queens. I, I really love that. Cause I mean, you know, we definitely make tra- a treasure out of trash. Don't we, you know, we absolutely do. I like, I think, or like a storage wars. Can you imagine like, uh, have you seen that one where people uh-huh. buy like defaulted storage units? Uh-huh. You just go in there and see some shit. Like I want this and start making costumes out of it. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. If you had a storage unit, I mean, that would probably be enough drag for your entire life, your entire career. Yeah. right there. I would love to just watch any kind of blending of reality shows like that. Uh, I think that would be very fun. <laughs> and it looks like we're going that direction. So maybe I'll get my wish. I don't know. I know there's Trixie motel or something coming out. Like Trixie's going to have a motel. Like I I'm so confused. <laughs> there's, it seems like there's a new one every day. Like I just uh, saw that Raven is doing like a painted by Raven show is happening. Uh-huh. Now. So we already anyway. have like a bajillion <laughs> topics to talk about, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you, as the, I mean, you are the current reigning Camp Wanakiki queen, aren't you? I am, yes. I currently, yes. It's so, a recent thing. <laughs> it is recent because it's, it's only been, um, this show's been out now for a couple months now, I think. Yeah, it came out in June. And I think we did the, I think the finale episode was toward the end of August. So it, yeah, it's only been like a month and a half or so. Um, it's pretty wild. Though. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel being the the queen of camp? You know, I mean, it's, it, it just feels right. <laughs> it just, it fits my fantasy. Although I am going to say like, I was, I was pretty consistently blown away by the amount of talent on my season. Mm-hmm. And when we finally got down to the top three, I left, you know, I, I you know, I left that and I was just like, man, it, I really feel like this could be anybody. Um, you right. know, America and Bulimia and they both had such strong unique characters and they all I feel like there was an argument for all three of us to win um in one way or another so I I felt really good about the the strength and the and the different talent levels in um in the top three it was I was I'm just so impressed by them consistently um and it was a lot of fun to be able to film that show it was it was wonderful I know, um, so but you have, you have, I know you're a, you're a very, very kind person and really love, but uh, you, you must feel so freaking great to be the queen. It does feel really good. Uh, <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like a, like a pretty big win, not just for me too. Um, you know, because it felt good to be able to be on the show and represent 
uh, you know, women doing drag queen performance. Yes. Um, that felt very validating for me to be able to be selected to do a show like that and not have anybody invalidate my drag while it was there. Um, right. To, to put me on the same level as everybody else, which was a high performance level because it was that, you know, the bar was pretty high. There were a lot of really great entertainers there. Um, so it felt great to be included and valued in the same way that anybody else would. Um, you know, as far as like traditional quote unquote drag performers. Um, so that was really nice. And I think the most exciting part for me was seeing other female and AFAB performers message me throughout the season to be like, Hey, you know, this is really inspiring for me. And I never thought I could do something like this. Um, or people that have always wanted to get into it. I didn't know I could. And it just felt really good to feel like I was helping open doors for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was very validating for me. Um, so it was, it was all around pretty good. And, you know, I went into it expecting like, you know, Oh, you're probably going to get like hateful messages when they announce that you're on the show. Right. Um, but I, I didn't get hateful messages from it. I, I like, I felt like the community was very supportive and I, uh, that was a really pleasant surprise for me. I know that, um, poor Victoria on this season of, of UK had kind mm. of a different experience. There were a lot of people that were pissed about that. Um, and wrongly so because Victoria was incredible. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, it was a weird experience. It was a lot of emotions going into it before we even filmed the season. <laughs> so, um, right yeah. for yourself, because you were preparing for a lot of backlash, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you kind of, um, you know, when you, when, when you're going into something as where it feels a little bit like an uphill battle, cause I've been doing this for a few years and it wasn't easy when I started. Yeah. Um, you know, there weren't as many opportunities and I, I felt like I kind of had to make a lot of my own opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I went into this, like, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to kind of having to fight for a position somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, I felt like I was, I was prepared to defend my, like me deserving to be there, but I didn't have to. And that to me showed kind of the positive trajectory that the community is going into. Uh, Cause I, I never felt like I had to defend my right to be there. And that was really nice. Yeah, I would definitely say, I think Camp Wanakiki, and you can speak to this because you know uh, yeah. better than me, but I think Camp Wanakiki is generally a very like positive environment. Isn't that right? I would agree. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that drew me to the show was because it's um, it never feels like it tries to focus on the negative or create drama whenever there isn't any. Um, it it just creates this positive, like warm experience to the viewers. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, I think, something that's missing in a lot of drag competitions because, I mean, you get that in bits and pieces. Um, but it, this one felt different to me as a viewer. Um, and it just felt more fun and more aligned with the type of drag that I like to do. I definitely love that. I mean, like you're the way you speak about, I mean, just like bringing positivity towards, you know, the AFAB community. And, you know, even when I say, aren't you happy with being the queen of camp? You're like, no, no, I did it for the pe- the people, you know, but I mean, <laughs> just listening to like how hard you work to even get to where you are. Um, I, I think I get it. Like you're, you're just such a, a beautiful soul. Like, <laughs> Don't tell anybody. It's don't, but don't life. tell anybody that you're a beautiful soul. Cause you're actually a trashy mess, right? It, it's horrible. It's just a dumpster fire, just dumpster fire with legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you though. That's very kind of you. I am. Um, I don't know. I guess I just kind of see it as, um, I feel like a lot of people that we, we get into drag because we're sort of 
you know, we grow up kind of being misfits, you know, um, we don't really fit in, in the same, a lot of us, I can't speak to everyone, but mm-hmm. you know, you grow up and you feel like you don't have a place in the world. And then you start doing this and you're just like, okay, well, this is a place where I can be unabashedly queer. I can be myself. And, you know, you start to cling to other people that are in that same kind of vein. And it's just like, it, it feels better to just lift us all up at the same time if we can, you know, yeah, really? is that, we're stronger as a group, you know, is that why you started drag? I just started drag to meet RuPaul. <laughs> well, uh, you're no, on just your way then. That's right. Yeah. You've got a podcast. You're doing it. <laughs> like you're basically RuPaul already. Um, oh, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I was looking in the mirror the other day and I was like, hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, let's not go there. Um, but you. Oh, no. And you said fracking. <laughs> fracking. And <laughs> I'm just like RuPaul. I love fracking. Um, <laughs> controversial. Um, you. Uh, uh, so what what got you into drag? Was it was it kind of feeling like a misfit or. I think there's a lot of different reasons why, um, you know, coming from a musical background, I was, I've always been a performer. Um, and I actually got my start doing drag. Like the first time I ever did drag was, uh, I, I was interested in drag makeup and I was fronting a queer bluegrass band called Heyday Revival. Nice. So we would do, yes, yeah, so we did. We started out doing traditional bluegrass music, but then we kind of moved on into doing like you know, bands like Scissor Sisters, we did like Scissor Sisters covers, and then we write, rewrote like original queer music. Um, so it was interesting doing like a type of music that was more traditionally reserved for like gospel music, you mm-hmm. know, like a religious type music, and then putting a queer spin on it was very fun. Um, but the fiddle player in my band was like, well, you really like, you know, doing drag makeup at home just for fun. He's like, why don't you just front the band in drag one time just for shits and giggles? Nice. And, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. If that's what you want me to do. So I, I painted this face that was busted as fuck. (laughs) Girl, it took me a hot minute. I didn't have like the YouTube tutorial videos. This was before drag race really took off. So it wasn't Uh like, it wasn't like these 19 year olds coming out looking like they're on the cover of a magazine. Like the shit was rough and now I'm only like marginally less rough, but it's getting there. (laughs) Um, but I, my first drag name was Shiza Minnelli. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah Shiza. So, which, I love, which i still love shiza manelli is that because so you're I, shy uh, you're like a shy liza or was it i'm so i'm so, I'm so shy <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so i i picked this name and uh and we we did a couple of shows we had a tour booked and we did a couple of shows where i fronted the band in drag and it turned out to be like something everybody really loved it was very fun yes. and so i started doing that all the time when we would do shows um but it didn't really like go into tr- like drag performance as a solo artist until a couple of years later. Uh, and the reason I did that was because I like, I'm a queer person. And so I've had all different types of relationships, but mm-hmm. um, I'm married to a cis man. And, uh-huh, yeah. Um, Cause you have a, I, you have a, you have a hubby who's a man. So you're just, a, you're just a straight, you're just a straight woman, aren't you? Is that I right? I am. Well, I guess I take the side. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it for me though, because I'm, I'm a very queer person and I got together with my husband who is, uh, he's a cis man. And it, um, it was almost like our community at the time wasn't as, I didn't feel like as quite as accepting as it is now. Mm -hmm. And suddenly when I would go into places that had felt like home in the past, I didn't feel like I belonged there anymore. People were kind of making me feel like I didn't belong there because I was with a man. Because you chose, um, you chose the other team. You're like, yeah, you're like the betrayer. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, people were like, they were calling me a breeder and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my want, goodness. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want kids. That's fucked. I don't want that shit. So, so would you um, consider yourself pansexual or bisexual or something? Um, or? You know, I started out feeling like I was bisexual for years and mm-hmm. then I felt like pansexual kind of, um, covered it a little bit better, sure. but I know that, I know that, um, pan, like the topic of pansexual versus bisexual can be kind of, up for debate. Uh, it's, about, it's just pots and pans. You never know. It's all, you know, yeah, that's why I picked <laughs> pansexual. God, have you seen my cast iron collection? <laughs> exactly. Oh you my God. To. It is so well seasoned. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to cast iron monthly and keep them all under my mattress. Oh, is that, was that like <laughs> Columbia house? You got that for like 99 cents every. I never paid for them. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it was. I, I, I saw that and then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start calling myself queer because I feel like that really covers it better. Like, I don't feel like I should have to justify who I'm attracted to or what relationship I'm in or anything like that. Like queer just covers it. Like I'm, I am a very queer person. I like queer things. I'm weird. I like, I'm queer in both senses. (laughs) So I'm like, this is perfect. I I'm just going to call myself queer and and just not have to explain it anymore. It's a really Um, good, it's a really good word. Um, and I, I thought it was like the perfect word until like, I guess a couple of old guys started saying, well, you know, I don't like the word queer because I used to be called queer when I was young. Um, but it is, a, you know, it is, it is a great catch all for the most part. I, think I can understand that. But I also like people also used to call me queer and like, you know, yeah. oh, she's a queer, whatever. And it almost feels like reclaiming it a little bit to me. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take this thing that you used to call, uh, you know, like refer to me as, and then I'm just going to kind of like use it as a positive thing now. Well, thank um, you. And just make sure that you use my pronouns, um, motherfucker and motherfuckers. Okay. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I'm reclaiming <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I, yeah, I am reclaiming it. That whore over I mean, there. That's wouldn't that I'm be so badass, though, to, to just be like, my pronoun is motherfucker. <laughs> so, I feel like that's Samuel L. Jackson's gig, though. I feel like we <laughs> might be looking for that. Like, that is how you refer to them. Like, that, it's, yeah, motherfucker. Um, yeah, it, it pretty much is his pronoun, isn't it? That's hilarious. It kind of is, yeah. It, I mean, if you don't have a motherfucker attached to Samuel L. Jackson, like, I feel like it's an imposter situation. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, that's how I got started in it. So I, I was like, you know, I'm going to do... I want to start doing like drag drag. That's not just running this band. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because I feel like this will be a way for me to kind of like find another place, like carve another place for myself in the gay community, because I still felt pretty fucking gay, you know? And suddenly yeah. I felt very validated by that. And I'm like, I'm going to use this as a way to kind of like, you know, connect with this. And it, I guess it started out a little bit, like I just want this place in the community, but then it turned into more of like, something that I needed for myself. And it was less than that, and, you know, less about the community and more about me. Mm-hmm. But that's why I got started. I mean, that was a long winded, like, why'd you do drag? And I'm not just like, cause it looked cool. Um, <laughs> I'm like, let's get into this deep psychological shit. But, but yeah, that's how I got started doing it. And it kind of developed out of there. Um, so yeah. I think you call yourself uh, a conceptual drag queen. Is that right? Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I like concepts for my acts. I like to do a lot of characters or I like to tell stories with my drag. It's not always, I mean, that's just the kind of drag that I love doing. I love watching all kinds of drag, but, Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I like doing is stuff that's kind of off the wall and I can tell a story with it. And that's, I think that's one thing that drew me to Camp Wanakiki too, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I saw a lot of people doing that with their art and I'm like, that is, that's where I fit in. You know, it was nice to see that on a show and not just be a challenge you know like we're gonna Mm -hmm. tell a story this one time 
it's not just about like, let's bring a sickening look out. It was, let's be a character. And that's who I feel like every time I'm in drag as a character. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so much so that like, I almost feel like Geneva convention is less of a character than the characters I do when I perform, you know? Um, it took me a little while to kind of find who I was as a person because I was really focused on being all of these characters. Oh, that's so cool. I definitely relate. Hillary is like, I call her like the secretary of the business, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Hillary, you, you contact Hillary to get in touch with all of the characters that, you know, are essentially behind her. Um. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I really kind of love that. That's awesome. Um, really but it, it's so true because I remember my drag mom, Vicky, um, who's on Squirrel Talk here, um, but she's going to do Drag Race Canada, so you don't get to meet her, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but Vicky one day was just like, um, you keep doing characters. Sorry, I have to do her voice. Um, <laughs> Hillary, you keep just showing up as characters. Um, have you thought about who, who Hillary actually is? Um so, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Have you had a moment like that where you're like, oh, who am I? Who is Geneva? You know, you know like yeah. finding that. <laughs> I did actually um, kind of like it happened like right before I went to go film Camp Wanakiki for being. Oh, yes, um, yes. Because I yeah, because I mean, I've always kind of leaned into this like Appalachian white trash kind of person because that's. I live in a bigger city in Tennessee now, but, um, I grew up in a really small town, like really tiny, like mountain mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I mean, that's something that kind of hits close to home for me because that the character that I am is part who I grew up as and part like an amalgamation of everyone I saw on a regular basis mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up in the town. So, and it's just like a caricature of that. Um, so, but I didn't really lean into that so hard until right, right around the time that I started um, preparing for the show, because I knew going into it, we had all these things we had to bring all these different looks, but I'm like, they're going to want to like know who I am as a person, because a lot of this is, you know, you're in your daily doing your daily activities and you're doing all this stuff. Um, and you're just, you, you're not a character. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, you got to nail that down and figure out like who you are as a person <laughs> before right. you go to film the show. Because um, in at Camp Wanakiki, um, you're always in drag. That's right. Yes. At all day, every day, you are not a human being. You are a, a, a drag cryptid in the woods. So we're not um, see we're not seeing you as, as the, the human out of drag. We're seeing you as a drag character the whole time. And then like, even in like more drag later on at, at the talent show. Right. Yeah. And I think that is one thing that kind of sets the show apart from, uh, you know, drag race or Dragula or any of those, because they, you know, they'll do the confessionals where you're, you as a person. Um, oh, that's right. They don't do that. It, like it's just in drag, even if it's a confessional sort of moment. Yeah. And they, um, yeah, that they hadn't done any kind of confessional or like workroom situation in the previous two seasons. They started that on my season. And, uh, right. and so that was a, uh, I mean, that, that was a, a, a different experience too. I wasn't really expecting that when I went up. Did it feel like drama when that kind of stuff happened? Like they're kind of pushing drama and you're like, I thought this was the campy cuddly show. Why are we getting all dramatic? <laughs> there, yeah, there were definitely moments that felt that way. And it was kind of a, kind of a harsh reality because the, the activities were so fun to film on camp. They were so, so fun. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we would have the, the rec rooms and, you know, when you're doing those, I, I guess you understand that 
sometimes it's just trying to break down what's happening on the runways. Like, okay, well, who do you think has the strongest look? Who do you think has the weakest oh, so look? The rec, room, the rec room for everybody, those are kind of like the untucked, like the right after yes. you get off the, the talent show stage, you come into this room and you all sit around and you just shoot the crap and you're very candid and open. And, mm-hmm. and do you have producers like, like pointing at you just being like, well, you said this, say this thing. <laughs> it's not, it's not scripted. Um, okay. you know, they would, sometimes they would offer prompts for conversation because there's so much happening. It's hard to kind of right. keep, a, keep a conversation on track. Um, but it didn't, I mean, they weren't like, you have to say this thing. It's scripted. <laughs> um, and well, that's it, good. You know, I, and for anyone that's that's watched it, um, or that's watched the show that doesn't know where to find those, you can find those if you're subscribing to the Camp Wanakiki, like, um, you know, premium subscription. Um, so you can watch those. They don't have mm-hmm. those for regular viewing. Um, so people might be like, what the hell are you talking about? It's on the premium thing. Um, so you can see them there. But but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to be able to sit down and kind of unpack everything that's happening and talk about uh, your experiences with everyone. But, you know, at times it did feel like, you know, like you're worried about what are you going to say? Like, what if something gets said and then it's taken out of context or, right. you know, what if, what if it gets changed up in the editing and you're so tired and you're so exhausted and it's just like, Oh my God, it's, that's the one thing that kind of gave me pause about filming. Cause when you're doing the runways or when you're doing the challenges, you're just in the moment. And then when you sit down and you're all just talking about things, it feels different, you know, it's, uh, it, it kind of, and it was different from what I expected because that wasn't on the previous seasons. Um, but there, but I did think it, it allowed us to kind of connect with each other as campers and competitors because we we're getting in feeling what each other's feeling a little bit more. So it had, it had its upsides and downsides. I did think it helped us kind of connect with each other more for sure. Right. Yeah. So, did, um, so at Camp Wanakiki also, uh, I guess you're actually like at summer camp. Is that right? Yes, we are at a camp in the woods. Uh, I mean, so you're not, not at a hotel. You're not at a hotel. Oh no, girl, we don't say hotel. They have us straight what? up. What? They camp. don't actually put you in host. So you're actually at a summer camp. You have to live like mm-hmm. a like a child. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's not really a change for my day to day since I live outside <laughs> in the woods. It's hillbilly garbage. It's. Uh, but no. Um, yeah. I mean, you're at a summer camp and you're you're doing the the in the woods thing. That is. Well, where did you sleep? Was it like in a tent or? No, no, we had, we had like cabins, like, uh, you know, okay. bunkhouse kind of thing. So, I mean, it was fun. You did kind of have like a summer camp feeling cause you're staying in a bunkhouse and you're seeing everybody's drag, like splayed out on the bunk beds and you're like, wait, so you were all like in a cabin together? together. Many- they didn't, yeah, we were not sequestered. We were not, uh, what? Wasn't, like a race. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you this, but I'm gonna, I don't care. That part- <laughs> Oh, please do. Please do. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really fun. It was cool because you get to come in and, uh, I knew some people on my season prior to filming. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I had met them previously, like at the, the Austin international drag festival. I've been to that several times. So I met a, a, several people out there and just through traveling and things like that. So, but there were a handful I hadn't met yet. So it was really fun to kind of come in and meet these people from all over the country and then, uh, you know, see all this drag that they brought and just be like, Whoa, this is cool. Look at that. And uh-huh. it, I think one of the things I love the most about it is it made me feel so creatively energized to see all this different. I mean, even though we were all campy, we were all very different. Mm-hmm. So to see all this different, these different interpretations of camp and see what everybody brought. And it was, 
it was just really, really cool to watch everybody bring all this excellent drag into one room, you know, <laughs> it was so fun. Was it cool really or cool. was it, was it intimidating? I mean, like it would be right in your face. Like you'd be like, I mean, oh, I don't have any time to work on more things. Like, no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean that part, I mean, I guess in some ways things could be a little intimidating because like you mm. go into it and, you know, uh, you know, you feel like a strong choice. Um, I know, going into it I was like I'm gonna come up here and kick ass and then I saw everybody that was up here and I'm like I'm gonna kick ass but also they are going to kick ass so this is gonna be a little more difficult than I thought yeah so it's a little intimidating but also like you know it was not in the I mean maybe my viewpoint on it is different but I just like I just love drag so much yeah and I get I can't help but get excited when people are putting good things out there like Mm -hmm. maybe it makes you feel intimidated but also like there's so many different iterations of camp and so many different ways to think of camp. So my mental state during filming was you can't compare yourself to other people because it's like apples to oranges when it comes Mm -hmm. to camp, you know, one person might be more on the character side and one Mm -hmm. person might be on the high fashion camp side or whatever. Um, So you just kind of have to be the best version of yourself and try to compare yourself to that. Cause if you, if you don't, you're going to get in your head, you know? Ooh, that's Um, great advice. Anyone listening to those shows don't get in your head. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done. um, Especially when you're like, I mean, I swear it felt like it felt like boot camp or something when I was up there. It was just well, nonstop. I mean, drag, you're you're I'm, just stuck in. A, I mean, I think that's something a lot of people don't know is that you, it's like you're not treated like in this hotel kind of thing. You're actually at summer camp. That's yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, it is a lot. And I mean, and we all know drag's not an outdoor sport, girl. Like, no, <laughs> it is not an outdoor sport. So we're out there, like you know, in the cold, harsh light of day. <laughs> So drag. I, I did, I do have a little bit of tea. I think I know about your season was that it, it, this season was filmed right during COVID times too. So that was. was that an extra difficult uh, thing for you? It, yeah, it did make filming a little more challenging. Um, uh, in fact, I was kind of hesitant to go film because of, because of COVID, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but we made the decision to do it and we were required to, all have, um, you know, recent COVID negative COVID tests mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nobody, nobody did like public transportation to get there. Like nobody was flying. Everyone drove to get there. So mm-hmm. we were keep things down to a minimum. We ran on a really small crew, like an incredibly small crew. Um, right. Oh, had, wow. Yeah. We only had like uh, one person filming and like another production assistant. Wow. So it was, it was very intense. Um, it's like a group effort. And, and, it's like really just getting it yeah. done. Yeah. It was a very small cast and crew. And, um, and on top of it, it did make preparing for the show more challenging because this happened smack in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So I, I had auditioned for the show at the Austin International Drag Ooh. Festival in 2019. So that was in November of 2019. And I'm like, you know, feeling good about my chances. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I had auditioned for season two also. <gasps> uh, Amazing. And I, yeah. And I got to the final round of auditions where I had to submit an additional tape and all this other stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun to, to be cast on that, but then, or, you know, to almost be cast, but, you know, and of course I was bummed to not be cast on season two, but then I saw that lineup and it was like, a bunch of people that I was friends with from the drag festival. And I was like, it's hard to be bummed out whenever you see such a good cast and you're like, right. Damn, all y'all deserve that. You know, that's like, fair. It's hard to be that hard to be that bummed out when you're like, shit. All right, cool. And then, um, 
I auditioned in 2019 at the drag festival and I was feeling really good about my chances because when they didn't pick me, you know, it was very like, we encourage you to do this again. Like everybody was from season two was like, you have to audition again. You got to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, and I was feeling really good about it. And then COVID happened and I'm like, well, I guess we're not filming that this year. Yeah, you know? seriously. So oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, shit, I guess we're not doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I do, I didn't, I stopped gigging completely in, in 2020. I didn't do any shows in 2020. And, uh, that was hard for me because in 2019, I did 286 gigs. Wow. Um, between doing band and my drag. So it was, it was really tough to like hit a point where I wasn't gigging at all. And COVID wow. really like, it screwed me because I was at a point where I was going to transition away from, I also teach music. Um, so I was going to transition away from teaching and just be a drag and musician, like drag artist, musician permanently. Uh-huh. That wasn't going to be my job. And then COVID happened. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to keep this for like what extra income I can get. So I was yeah. teaching online and I went from gigging all the time and lost like three quarters of my income. Um, mm-hmm. So, so then like they called me out of the blue to come do this show. We didn't do a second round of auditions, right. uh, which I wasn't expecting. So they called me and they're like, Oh, you want to come do this show? And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I'm like, well, now I have to create a package on like no money. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm broke as hell during COVID. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. Um, so I guess the hardest part for me was trying to make that happen and being kind of frustrated that like, you know, I was happening at a point where I couldn't like bankroll looks that I wanted to. So I'm trying to just like make something out of nothing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I would have approached it differently had it not happened during my season. But honestly, it felt like the first challenge already out of the gate, you know, is like get it together during a pandemic. So um, obviously it turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, but what, yeah. A, what a difficult challenge to like put everything together in the middle. And, you know, still the casual observer watching a show like this is still going to be the same, same old critic just thinking everything's fine, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. And it really gives you a different perspective to like think about these these reality shows whenever you've done one. Because I like, I mean, I was always like more on the the nicer and more lenient side when thinking about like, oh well, that's a good look. And I know that's probably tough to make or whatever. Uh-huh. But then I go do the reality show and I'm like, y'all need to cut them some slack <laughs> every time I <laughs> someone bitch in. I'm like, y'all don't know. You just don't know. You don't understand. Like, cause it's it's very fun, but it definitely is a lot of pressure to film a reality show like that. So is it um, fair so is it, it fair to say that now that you've gone and done it, you've you've, you know, seen the other side of things, you're you're kind of in that when you know, you know category. Well, you know how people like will go on drag race and uh-huh. maybe not do so well and then they come back and they kill it on all stars. Uh-huh. I feel like it's that kind of situation where like, now that I've done one, you know, you think that you are prepared for it and then you go do it and you're like, Oh God, this wasn't what everything that I expected. You think think that, you know, that, you know, but you don't actually know because you don't know because you didn't know. And then you did. Yeah. There's so much not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you know, you know, there's so much knowing, but yeah, I mean, it was great though. Like, and to the point where, I mean, I know I won, but I'd do an all-stars. <laughs> oh my gosh, you like, want to come back for what do you think a Camp Wanakiki All-Stars would be called? Oh God. Um I honestly like, I keep wanting them to do a Camp Hudaho. Hudaho? Uh, <laughs> like 
<laughs> I, that would make me really happy, like a little Camp Hudaho. Where um, it takes place but, at Hudaho across the river and all, all of the, and it's just Squid Game. It's just Squid Game. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> or like most extreme elimination challenge. That's what I want to see. Like Nin- America Ninja Warrior challenges. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> and now we're back on Drag Queens doing other reality shows. Um, see, I feel like this is a format that'll work. Um, I really do. No, it's naked and afraid. That's what we need to be in the world. Oh my God. <laughs> Except in full drag, but you're naked, but you're, but you're naked. You just got a full mug on a full beat and like a huge wig and you're just butt ass naked, naked and afraid. And you're not allowed to be afraid. You have to be campy can do right. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. That would well, be- um, I mean, I think we've, we, we've chatted a, a, a fair amount about, Geneva, um, yeah. do you wanna do you wanna dig into this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK? I would be thrilled to. Yes, because there's there's a lot that goes on in this episode that we can relate. I think to even your experience of life. Um. <laughs> I think there's definitely some of it. Yeah. My goodness. So this is the third episode of Drag Race UK, this third season that we're reviewing here, um, and uh, it's a camp challenge which is another reason why i thought it'd be so perfect to have you here because apparently rupaul's drag race is ripping off camp wanakiki these days <laughs> i saw that shit that's some bullshit is what that is <laughs> nah it was a good episode it, it was, was it, episode. it was very good i mean they they were gonna do campy looks um but of course right at the top of the episode we have to deal with this uh really important issue which i think um, is is very important to talk to that Victoria, our resident um, AFAB drag queen here on this season, which is amazing to have an AFAB drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race. Finally, yes, it's amazing, incredible. But she is being taken out by her own injury. Ah, yeah, that broke my heart in the biggest way. They're at the top of the episode that no, Victoria will not be returning to the competition. I mean, yeah. no, she was so good. <laughs> so good. And honestly, like, and I'm not saying this from a bias, like, oh, she's, you know, AFAB queen perspective, but like her entrance look was my favorite. Like that yeah. red gap was incredible. She's so funny. Really good. Like she was a front She runner. was, yeah, she was one of the biggest competitors I felt in the season. And it was, <laughs> I feel like very personally connected to this too, because I was also injured during filming Camp Wanakiki. That's um, right. You, wh- and, when did that happen? Like near the end or something? Or? Well, I lost my voice early into filming. That's right. You and, lost your voice right at, like on the first day or something? I did. I lost my voice and I hurt my knee. Um, the knee injury oh didn't God. until later into it, but... I lost my voice like the first day, like right after the first day of filming. And, oh. and, and it got so bad that I like, I had convinced myself that I was going to get sent home just because nobody could hear me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like nobody can hear anything I'm saying. So like, how are you going to be funny without a voice? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I was like, all right, we're going to lean into physical comedy now because you ain't got nothing else. Right. Um, and you're a, sing- I- and you're a singer too. So it's like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That part really sucked. Um, so it was, um, you know, and I hurt my knee on the rock wall challenge oh. when it was the top four. Oh, darn um, it. and so, you know, we had the last two runways to do after that. And I was just like, how is this going to affect me? I was trying to power through and like deal with it. So when in the previous episode, when Victoria was talking about just like trying to power through, I'm like, do I do that? Do I do this? Um, I mean, obviously Camp Wanakiki isn't on the same like 
platform level is drag race because that's just a behemoth but yeah but you know the feeling of doing this monstrous amount of work and going through this like gauntlet of you know just testing you in every possible way and uh-huh. like, having injury potentially take you out is like a, a massively stressful thing to undergo like it's mm-hmm. it's so disappointing and disheartening because it's like the universe is conspiring against you you know Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and it was really awful to watch that happen to Victoria because like, what a, what a monumental moment to have monumental moment. Maybe I shouldn't put those together. What a, what a big deal to have Victoria on something like drag race. I mean, that's massive. We've been I asking for years and then to have something like that. And then they're like unceremonious way that Victoria gets taken out without ever being in the episode, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can imagine like. I watched that. And the only thing that went through my head after they said she wouldn't be coming back was like, I was glad that they didn't drop that bomb on her and film it, you know, Mm -hmm. to be like, now we're not going to let you continue and then just get the reaction. You know, I was really glad that that didn't happen. I just do wish that she'd had a chance to kind of make an exit. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll bring her back, but it just, that whole situation sucked real bad because I know what it feels like to work that hard and then get injured. Uh Uh-huh. Well, RuPaul did at least say, I, I have a feeling that we'll be seeing her very soon. So I, I'm kind of wondering what that means. I'm hoping that she will be back even this season a bit somehow, but. Yeah, me too. I, I do wish that like, you know, I did notice that she said that, but remember when Eureka O'Hara hurt her knee on her first season, um, you know, yeah. they went ahead and extended an immediate invitation for Eureka to compete in the following season. Right. Um, and they didn't do that for Victoria. So I like, well, I hope that they allow her to come back in some capacity this season. That'd be great to see her. I feel like she should be extended that same courtesy. I know? mean, even Veronica last year, she got X'd out by COVID, which was, yeah. which was, I mean, again, such a, I mean, Veronica was a front runner last season, even. Absolutely. I agree. So uh, I guess goodbye, Victoria, for now. It really sucks uh, yeah, to, that does to, suck. to lose that energy in the room, especially just having a straight up uh, signed female at birth woman in the room was so cool. Like yeah. it was, it was an energy we've never had before like that. And exactly. I miss she it already. Funny. So. I, I loved her so much. I want to see more of her immediately. <laughs> like I was all about it. So Victoria goes and also Electra Fence goes, the dancing behemoth. Oh my God, what a crazy dancer. Crazy. Um, yeah, I didn't and she leaves. That to yeah. Did you think it might have been vanity last week? I did. Um, I mean, it's not that she she didn't put on a good performance, but Electra's like her that like break dancing thing that she was doing. Oh, it's nuts. Um, and then RuPaul comes in and, of course, gives them their first little mini challenge, which I think is really fun for you to talk about if you have any favorites. They all have to get up and boy drag. And I know you that like to very fun. I know you like love to do a boy drag every once in a while. Uh, every once in a while. Yeah, I like a lot of, uh, you know, gender fuck drag, like stuff that's kind of femme and kind of mask and somewhere. In oh, yeah. Between. I like you've got some like classic from like Wanakiki, like like straight up Joe Dirt looks like that <laughs> Joe Dirt look yeah. at the beach with the seagulls. Yeah, just call me Joan Dirt. I love that shit. Don't dirt. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that was very fun. And I mean, I like to do stuff like that. And sometimes people don't get it. And you know that like going into a look like that, it's kind of a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it, 
stuff like that sometimes just feels authentic for me. So I'm like, I'm going to bring this. This is who I am, you know? Um, But this, this mini game was very fun for me to watch. I enjoyed that. Uh, Did you have any faves that that stood out to you? Um, Let me, I'm trying to brain which one it was now. It's all kind of running together for me. Um, Did you have Um, a favorite? I mean, I I thought River was hilarious because River just stood there awkwardly and was like, hi, I'm a weird guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was really awkward. And oh, that's um, how I felt about Victoria's too. Um, you know, they work as like an accountant and, <laughs> and then they, they're definitely wearing that harness under their clothes. <laughs> like that's a, that's a uh, moment. I thought that I have to mention charity. Charity just did a straight up impression of Geneva convention. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That was hilarious. I saw that and I was like, I would book them 100% for that. I mean, I was like, this is Geneva. Okay, great. And <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I love it. And, uh, Kitty, Kitty's got claws. I love the, the, the take where she goes, oi, oi, oi. And then gets up to the podium and starts saying, Hey gentlemen, how you doing with the really high voice? Oh God. Yeah. That was so funny. I also like the, uh, the little tattoos that Chorizo had drawn onto her arms, like the little dick (laughs) tattoo. I can't get enough of Chorizo. Chorizo is my favorite. Chorizo is my favorite. A hundred percent. I love I think, uh, I don't know if there was a winner for that. I can't remember. Um, I think it was, oh, it's Scarlet. Because Scarlet just was a, a proper yes. man, was making some good jokes and had a good mustache on. worker thing. <laughs> the the so, rhinestone-like construction worker belt. Also, like, that was what I did for my lumberjack look in uh-huh. my season. So I felt particularly, like, connected to that one, too. Like, a little yes. hat and, like, I was feeling that noise. So, I yeah, I liked that look, too. Very fun. Scarlet wins, and we find out that the challenge for this week is going to be creating two campy camp looks uh, based on camping. Mm. And my heart starts like like falling into the back of my throat because I'm like, I'm going to have Geneva on, and we're going to talk about Camp Wanakiki, and it's camping. And the first look is a happy camper that they have made, some sort of happy camper look. And then the second one is a campfire couture, which they make there out of like random camp accessories and tents and stuff. I was so excited when they announced that challenge. I'm like, this is, I can't wait for this. Like, that's incredible. I can't wait to see what happens, you know? Um, And then RuPaul entered the room and said, hi campers. And I was just like, oh, the crossovers with Camp Wanakiki. It's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. When he said, hi, campers, were you like, hello, RuPaul? <laughs> yeah, hello, RuPaul. And they even said something about, like, uh, RuPaul made a Morningwood joke. And and we had a Morningwood badge, uh, I think, at one point. We were talking about, like, there was definitely a morning. Yeah, that was our Lumberjack badge was called the Morningwood badge. When you um, had to build some, you guys had to build a, a, yeah, like a, a shed or something. A shed, yeah. Um, so oh, they my have God. us out here, like, working with real-ass power tools. Um, but yeah, the hello campers thing. And then the morning wood, I was like, this is giving me flashbacks. Like you on your season, you had to make a look on your season. <laughs> oh my God. The, yes, I did. <laughs> what was it called? Not squirrel friends. It was uh, crafty the beaver. Crafty beaver. Mm-hmm. Crafty beaver. And um, so we- that was an epic episode. I watched it the other day. Um, I know some people were talking about it. They're like, that episode was intense. And I was like, oh, that's, I, I, then I, I had only watched the first half and it was very lovely up until that point. Then the second half, everything just Ooh. gets so intense. Honey. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So you all had to make um, outfits, but you had a very short amount of time, not even as much as these Rue girls have, I don't think. Like, no, like a fraction of the amount of time. Like, I remember when I was watching this episode, I was sitting there thinking like, wow, it must be nice to have time to like sew and create a, like a couture garment and then also have time to sit and talk about shit. <laughs> like that became know. a contentious issue on your, your season two, which I was gagged by, um, at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the time that like that whole situation, it was, again, it's one of those things where, um, <laughs> it was so much worse than what it looked like on TV. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised that it was, it didn't look as bad as it actually was because it was like the worst, most intense thing I've ever gone through in my entire life. Um, but that was I tough. Like everybody was, just started getting really mad at each other. It seemed like everyone, cause what happened, what happened, everybody was Geneva is a lovely person, but she went over time on working on her look. That, yeah. that terrible whore. And <laughs> Uh, well, I think I think that this is something that just like the, my big take on it is like everything can be solved with proper communication. You yeah. Know? So I was told one thing by the person calling time to finish up what I was doing, mm-hmm. which was just waiting for the glue to dry on my that I was holding on my skirt. And but nobody else heard that. Uh-huh. Um, so it wasn't like, I'm not continuing, like embellishing my costume or anything. Um, but like, no, I had no idea anybody was even upset about things until it gets brought up in the workroom. Until it got so, back to you. <gasps> they stabbed you in the back. <gasps> well, I mean, the drama, <laughs> the drama, the drama. And so, I mean, and also it's one of those things where like, this is another one of those, you don't know if you're not there kind of moments, because at this point in the competition, we're halfway through and, and it's this incredibly intense emotional thing already. Oh, and we're yeah. all complete, we're all completely exhausted. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have this thing and like people weren't communicating and like talking properly because I mean, we're all at our like breaking point, you know? Uh-huh. And I can't really like blame people for getting in their feelings about things because it's hard to not be emotional whenever you are going through so much. Uh-huh. Um, so I just wish that like we had been able to discuss it off camera because I don't think there would have been any drama if people had just known, like if everyone had been on the same level about what had actually happened. Do you know what I think was really fun? And this is like a positive look outlook on it is that in, in RuPaul's drag race, like what would have happened is all of you would have been yelling at each other being like, you said this, you said (laughs) this, I hate you. Get away from me. I have a sugar daddy. But do you know what (laughs) happened on, on Camp Wanakiki? Um, everyone was really upset at each other for no good reason. And everyone just started crying. <laughs> we did. It was the most emotional. Everyone was like, I don't want to be mad at you. <laughs> oh my God. It was, I can't believe that that happened. I went into it and I was like, I'm not going to be that bitch that cries on TV. <laughs> did you cry and a I was lot that, that episode, I guess? Um, and not a lot of it was on camera, um, but there definitely was some of it, but I mean, I held it together a lot better than you did. You, you, you you gave all the grace, um, for being in a situation like that. It kind of sucked. And, and I mean, let's, let's not, let's thank the sugar bakers for knowing how to turn up the, uh, the drama there because they turned it up even further, didn't they? Because then, um, rather than. Um, deciding who goes home that episode, they handed uh, the people the chalkboards and and just <laughs> had to let them vote and forced yeah, them uh, to decide. 
Yeah. Whether, I mean, whether you were like saddling a huge decision on the people that are already. I know. So, I mean, how did it feel to get saved and, and, you know, send home, um, I think it was queen for Oz, right? It was. Yeah. I mean, I had very mixed emotions about it because, um, truth be told, like I was the most disappointed I was about it was like, I would never in a million years want to try to game anything to my advantage like that. Like mm-hmm. I would have rather, I would have rather gone home on the first day than win by cheating. Right. I would never, never. So I like, once that got brought up, I had this like immediate fear of like, Oh my God, people think that I was cheating. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and like, I would never want to be that person. And uh, like, I didn't say this on camera, but there was a minute when I was backstage where I was like, maybe I should just get my shit and go home. Oh, and, no. and like, I very seriously considered just packing up my things and leaving. And I'm like, I am an in it until the very end kind of person. Like I never quit anything. Like I'll beat a damn dead horse. Like that is, I will. But, but at that moment I was like, I don't want anybody to think that I'm cheating. I would never do that. I would right. never want to win. And I would never want to get to the end of this and win this competition with that hanging over my head with people thinking that I cheated to get there. Absolutely. And, oh my goodness. And so, so that's why I was like, maybe I should just leave. And the more I thought about it too, I was like, well, you know, I understand the validity of that, but I also have this feeling of like, if I leave right now, this is my legacy. This is where my story ends. That's right. And, and I was like, I can't do that. I need to see it out to the end and just see what happens. Um, and then I told myself like, you know, when emotions aren't high, when we have a chance to sit down and talk about this, whatever the outcome is, I can hash it out with everybody and then we'll be cool. But I had to take a moment to kind of talk with everybody and feel out where they were on it. And we're, we're all still good friends. But thank you for sharing, you know, like your mental journey on that because it's really hard to get through things sometimes. And I think a lot of people are going to pick up some real positive tips from you, you know, just you sharing that. It is, it is hard, but you know, I think everybody handled it the best way that they knew how. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still friends and we're all okay. So, you know, that's, that's the main takeaway, I think. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about these runways. Okay. Welcome back to Squirrel Talk with me and Geneva Convention talking about UK Drag Race season three, episode three. Oh, Geneva, how was, how was your break? Oh, it was excellent. I feel very broken in. Oh, did somebody break you? Are you is, is, no, it was just a wonderful you, break. I feel. Did I, I hurt feel, you? I'm sorry. I know we were talking you're about breaking really my heart. Talk, you're breaking my heart. Breaking your heart. I don't want to do that. You're. Yeah, I love you. No, I love you too. I love didn't, you. It's fun. It's didn't fine. You, didn't you get my love letters and the chocolate? Oh, the ones that were cut, the ones that were cut and pasted together. The serial killer notes. Yeah, serious. some yeah. people call them that. What about my chocolates? You know, the ones filled with Clorox and bleach. Oh, those were delicious. Actually, they were. Oh, I'm you impervious survived. to chemicals. Okay, if you drank the water down here, you would know that. Well, don't worry. You know, I'm, <laughs> you still got that anthrax uh, thing on the way. So. <laughs> okay. Can't wait to see you in a box. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's very Squid Game. Have you watched Squid Game? It's so cool. Oh my god, I have. It was wonderful. I loved it. Oh, it was, right. I mean, a little, little heart wrenching in a couple of places, but still great. Heart wrenching in all the good ways. I mean, mm-hmm. cause I think going into squid game, if you haven't watched Squid game, everybody go watch squid game. It's a battle royale style show done like a reality TV show. It's crazy. And it's Korean and amazing. I mean, didn't it just 
say a lot about reality TV shows, like what you're willing to do for a little bit of money or a little bit of exposure. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think it says a lot about reality TV shows and also just the state of the world. Like there are the fact that people would be willing to do things like this just to survive, you know? It's wild the expectation that that people have for drag race runways now because you look back at the earlier seasons and it's like one of those like stars, they're just like you and me, you know? Yeah. We're just doing like the same kind of drag. And then you see this shit now and you're like, God damn, that's just like full on couture. Uh, yeah. And it's then you, crazy. You, you, yeah. Like if you don't look like some sort of runway, everything is Mugler, everything is made by McQueen. Like uh, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and that's what people expect from drag now. And I have mixed feelings about that. That could take up like a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> Um, so they're doing the runways. There's two runways, lots of looks to get through today. Um, we'll do, um, I think the first set, the happy campers look first, and then we'll go into the campfire couture. Um, also RuPaul is looking decent. Her look was like this yellow dress with a nude illusion at the hips and some, some hair that I would describe as mad professor hair. It was kind of wild. Um, yeah, it was a little wild. I did like the, um, I did note that the, the nude illusion, was so well done. Like you could see that, that Rue was wearing a corset, but the whatever she had over it was perfectly matched her skin tone. It looked so good. Okay. So the first runway is happy campers. And I think the idea is just some sort of reference on camping or the camp experience. So yeah. first up, uh, we've got Crystal Versace coming out as a green, uh, green colored scout, uh, kind of like a green, green scout outfit with a little dress and it's all like done in this green fabric and it's all very monochromatic and very well done. Very cute. Yeah. I thought that was very cute. And I mean, the, the little girl scout sashes definitely gave me Cambona Kiki vibes. And and there were a couple of people that did that, but I I thought that was very elegant. She looked like an old Hollywood movie star. She looked wonderful. And of course, um, on the the podcast, we nut them or we cut them. So I I would give this a I would give this a nut. I think it's a nut. Uh, yeah, that's a nut for me too. And then speaking of the, the Camp One Kiki stuff, uh, Kitty comes out looking like a sugar baker. Exactly. I, you know, when I, when I saw Crystal, I was like, okay, this looks very Camp One Kiki. And then Kitty comes out and I'm like, no, that's Camp One Kiki. Yeah. There. <laughs> and she told a story too, came out with that map and had the little spy glasses about being lost. God, that was cute. I mean, it, she's she's the long lost blonde sugar baker with this full camp outfit and with the the ruffle um whatever you call it the the thing underneath the skirt and the hide mm-hmm. socks. And it's all there's just no, a little, no bolero coat, but it's very camp. It's very there, sugar baker. And there's no three-tier eyebrows and and no, harsh not a well, three-tier eyebrow. And the the harsh blush. Well, she has kind of harsh blush, but not quite as harsh, but Definitely their pretty younger sister, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nut, or, nut or cut, do you think? I'm going to nut this one, too. There were a lot of great looks on this. Nut. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nut it, too. Um, mm-hmm. Total nut. Then we've got River Medway coming out in... Oh, this um, river was the, map. the one, the, the map one. Yeah, I thought this was unbelievable. Like these, those little flounced um, sleeves, I guess. Um, I, would, I wouldn't call it a sleeve, but it seems like it's attached to that mesh. This mm-hmm. was very high fashion. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't in love with the little fedora hat situation, but everything else I thought was so cute. It was so well done, fit her body like perfectly. But my one thing that I wish that she had done is I wish that she had done like a red 
like marking for like the travels that she had made over the maps with like an oh. X or something like that to really sell like I am this like you like know. the Indiana Jones arrows when they're traveling yeah. you know I think that would would have really sold that that a little bit more but I, I loved this garment I thought it was beautiful yeah I think it's kind of in that high fashion it's like an asymmetrical dress but made of maps I think mm-hmm. and with the two arm cuffs and but then also the top is all like black mosquito netting I think but I, I do think the one thing I would critique is that like it seems like two ideas rather than like one strong one um yeah I don't know why she did mosquito netting and maps like I think she could have got away with one or the other but I agree. Like she had those little uh, binoculars on the stick and that was a really cute accessory. Um, I didn't mind the black belt so much, but um, I think she could have achieved the same kind of accessorization just by wearing black hair. Like the, right. not really necessary for me, but everything else, I honestly think this would have even been better without the mosquito netting bodysuit or whatever it is underneath it. It's a little bit convoluted, but I still like it and she, she looks good. So I'm going to nut it at the end of the day. Yeah, I have like I have a few little nitpicky things, but I still think it's a beautiful look. So definitely enough for that one. Carrie, uh, Charity Case uh, coming out as a ra- like a full on anthropomorphic rabbit in a girl guide costume with an axe. <laughs> that shit was crazy. I, like I looked at this and I I immediately was like, this should be on Dracula. It, like, that was very Dracula, wasn't it? Oh my god, incredible! It is wild looking. Like the, the she airbrushed this fursuit to have like uh-huh. muscles. <laughs> oh my god! So and still like the Girl Scout thing and the like the sequin strips on the axe. Like this is a whole moment. It was wild looking, and also just the big camp hair, like a big blonde poof. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, she's like a wear bunny camper. A wear bunny. <laughs> it's just very like amped up. It's like I would I would even see this like as a, a crazy camp wanakiki thing too. Yeah, like for the horror challenge. Yes, I could definitely see this because it. I mean, this is a, a full concept from start to finish. Like, yeah, this is a total nut for me. Probably like me too. So then Absolutely. we got the Cheriza May coming out as. Um, and a look that I can only explain is like a cross between a high fashion cookie monster and Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think she described <laughs> it as Dora the Explorer. If she hadn't said that, I wouldn't have gotten it though. She had a backpack on. And yeah. while I think, I think this is such a cute look with this crazy, like furry, feathery headpiece and like these little harnessy things, I think it's very cute. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't say camp to me at all. I mean, yeah. well, no, not like camper. It's definitely campy. But like, if you're trying to do like something about, because the theme was camp, happy campers in the great outdoors, uh-huh. right? That's the theme. So, like, while I think this is a very camp energy, it's not like camping energy to me. It's like she took it so far away from the source material. It's kind of interesting to me. Like, like I don't know. Like, I think I was just missing a couple like reference points. Like this, like having a sash or something. But she took it a little bit too far away from the whole idea. Yeah, I think if she said something about um, like at the door of the Explorer and then also like a rock climber. Uh-huh. And the, the harness is kind of giving me rock climber, but she should have put like more carabiners or something that said climber mm-hmm. on, you know, or like wrapped her hands in something. Yeah. So what do you think? Nut or cut? Just in the sense that I don't think it met the mark and other people's did. <gasps> I would have to cut do it. it. Do it. Ah! 
the first cut is the oh, deepest. And that hurts for me because she's my favorite. <laughs> I know. I know. Like it hurts for me because I love her so much. But this this one just didn't hit for me. Well, I, I'm going to be the nice person this time because I'm going to, you know, balance it out. Like just the campiness of this thing. I'll give her a nut, uh, a soft, <laughs> a soft little nut. But a yeah, nut. Scarlet coming up next. I mean, this is interesting for me. Um, on Camp Wanakiki, they don't like cosplay. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, this look is cosplay of Katniss Everdeen. Um <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> Honestly, like it kind of gave me, I, minus the bow and arrow, it was giving me more Mad Max than, than Hunger Games. Okay, okay. Um, but I mean, I like this look. I would wear this look just like to go to the grocery store. I, <laughs> like, I love this look. Um, but also, if she didn't have a bow and arrow in her hands, this wouldn't right. look like candy. This like take away, like take away that bow and arrow. And I'm kind of like, okay, um, lesbian roller derby. I don't know. Like, yep. what is this? Which I, I want to see that film. If that's a film, that <laughs> lesbian roller or a good band name, I would do a band name, lesbian roller derby. Um, or like with the yeah. war paint on her cheeks. Like, I don't know. Yep. Are you playing field hockey except in <laughs> drag? I don't know. Or, or maybe she kind of looks like Nikki six a little bit. Yeah. Um, like this is a, a very Nikki six moment, like a Motley Crue situation. Um, I love it, but it's not camper. Right. So mm, I think from my sensibility, I mean the outfit, I don't know. I've just seen it. Like it's a typical kind of bar look, I think with the typical bar yep. wig and stuff. So I'm like, mm, this is not runway for me. This is a cut for me. Um, yep. but it, it's nice. It's fine. That's how I feel about it too. I would cut this one. I love it. I mean, I would wear this for sure, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that this is anywhere yeah. near being in the top on this. And then they got vanity. Okay. This look confused me. Um, she comes yeah. out in what looks like a Melina from Mortal Kombat bodysuit, the purple bodysuit, with a giant oversized coat, which admittedly I love that coat. It is so huge. Yeah. Um, made out of that cool I don't know, like Hawaiian print material or whatever. And then a flat share wig and then two giant saddlebags on the front for some reason, I guess to try and justify the camping aesthetic. I don't understand this look. (laughs) Well, what's happening here? Yeah. The only thing, I mean, the, there's the saddlebags, but the, the coat almost looks like a camo print to me. Uh-huh. Like a camouflage print. So I could kind of see maybe maybe it's supposed to be like a camouflage thing, but I'm not getting it. It didn't. I love the coat, though. I mean, I would love to have that. So it's like Melina camping in the woods mm-hmm. with share hair. I don't know. I don't I don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty strong cut for me. I agree. And then we've got Ella. She looked like Jane from Tarzan. Like She did. This was my favorite happy campers look. Um, I think this was like a fun full story. Like she really did look like Jane from Tarzan, but like the butterfly catcher thing, it was, I loved this look and all the way. You know what I also love is how her dress rides up a little bit, like on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's the, the purple slip underneath, but the, the, uh, the dress like intentionally rides up a bit, kind of like she's pulled up her, her pants, you know, yeah, to go out trudging in a dress. Disheveled. 
Yeah. yeah the sleeves did that too. It had the ruching, like she had pushed her sleeves up to get ready for action, you know? The attention to detail on this costume and thinking outside of the box, like nobody else went this direction with anything like it. You know, everybody's like, okay, we'll do Girl Scout or we'll do, you know, something with camping material. But like this was a very outdoorsy and unique look. Uh, I loved it. So it's a total nut for me for Ms. Ella Vade. Um, yeah, I'm having nuts so hard on that. <laughs> so hard. And then the final one to wrap up Happy Campers is Veronica. Okay, so Veronica has this, uh, you know, she comes out with this sort of side-swept, messy, slept-in hair with the, uh, like, a sleeping bag tied around uh, a very, uh, I don't know, uh, haughty expression on her face. Like, oh, I just can't be bothered with this. I'm too tired. And smeared makeup. It was a full, like, fantasy Mm-hmm. but and i know what she was trying to sell what she said she was trying to sell was like oh i'm just done this music festival i'm trying to get up and i'm not about going on this hike like i'm just not about it um and i love that story but like the whole time i kept waiting for there to be a reveal the reveal right it looked yeah it looked like she was going to open that coat up and there'd be something there that could right. sell that like festival goer story a little more like if i had if i had done this look you know you open it up and have like a bunch of beer cans fall out or, yeah. uh, you know, something like that, or like concert tickets or like bags of drugs <laughs> or something. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. Like I'm too tired. I just, I think that is, but I, I kind of like it. Like, I don't mind this thing. I kind of get like a Vivian Westwood punk realness from it. Yes. Like t- total, like disheveled redhead with the boots and everything. Mm-hmm. Would I have liked another gag? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. So, and at the end of the day, like, I really love this puffy coat moment that's also a sleeping Mm -hmm. bag. I love that. I would wear that for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, I think I have a coat that's like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely, it's not quite that fashion-y, but I definitely have one similar. So I'm like, I have to, I have to at least give credit where credit's due on that one. I like this look. If only she yeah. had just done like that little extra. Uh, that's the end of the Happy Campers, which brings us to Campfire Couture, which is their constructed looks, which they made it of all kinds of tents and accessories and stuff. Mm. Oh, are you are you okay to go on with this? I know this might be bringing back some real PTSD mo- memories. <laughs> I think I, I think I've dealt with my PTSD while watching this. Okay, so um, I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm good tonight is to just move forward and talk about looks. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. But we're going to go on. Um, the first one up is crystal. And, um, I mean, what, what did she wear? She, she came out in something that I would, I think I've seen before. I think Aquaria did something very similar to this. It's like a spiky spikes attached to a corset going up, uh, with flat black share hair and some dramatic makeup. Mm-hmm. I think um, this was pretty. Yeah. So what do you think of this? Like, I thought it was a pretty look. I I mean, it does sell high fashion, which I know that's what she was trying to hit on. I like that she used the really long spiky nails. It, it definitely was a high fashion moment, but it wasn't surprising to me. No. Um, and at the end of the day, it, it is like some fabric glued onto a corset with some spikies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was pretty, but I mean, when you're making something like that and you look around the room and see some of the things other people are making, you know, and, and she did have some help with it, but I don't think it was bad. I don't think it's anything worth being in the bottom over. No, I liked 
I don't think it should have necessarily got the praise it did because it seemed to earn her a high spot actually. But, um, Ooh, I, I wasn't, no, this isn't really doing it for me because it's just my kind of constant thought about Crystal. And I love you, Crystal. You're amazing, but you're 19. Uh, I guess 20 now maybe, but, um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's just still going along that line of being so stunningly basic. Like, it's really, it looks really good, but it's nothing new. (laughs) Well, this is another one of those looks that, just to kind of touch back on what we were talking about, is when I see this and I'm like, do people like this because it looks good? Or do people like this because she is thin and beautiful? Yeah. And and that's kind of how I felt about this one. I, I feel like she's, she looks stunning. But if but you also, were to put a bigger girl in that, I don't know if they people would think so. But also, her tights don't match her skin color either. Like, it's the wrong right. color tight. Like, there's just, like, details that she's missing also. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> I have to cut it. I have to cut it. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut it. I can't, yeah, give, I don't. I can't mm-hmm. give her. I can't give her slack just because she's thin and beautiful all the time. <laughs> Right. Not all the time. She is stunning. And I like, I mean, this is a pretty look, but I don't think it, it kind of missed the mark for me on this challenge. So I would cut it too. And then we've got Kitty coming out in this like Barbarella moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she turned a, like a holographic sleeping bag into this um, cinched mini dress uh, with uh, straps and a gauntlet sleeve, and she paired it with some nice big, um, I don't know, tied up Barbarella style hair. I thought this was pretty cute. I think this is cute. I mean, that's a lot, but I think she did a lot with a little on this because I mean, you get a sleeping bag, that's not a whole lot of fabric. Yeah. So she had to be, you know, she had to be pretty judicious about making sure that she didn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. So she, she definitely used all the parts of that sleeping bag. Um, I like that she made that little clutch. Mm-hmm. to match it um there's even some i think some shoe detail that she mm-hmm. had going on there so i felt like this was a really well realized look um i don't think a, a mini dress is anything to like write home about but i also think that when you're working with limited stuff uh from a snatch and grab what you can get out of a mm-hmm. bunch of camping material this was pretty excellent i thought it was really cute total nut for me she did a great mm-hmm. job um no, i do i do think it deserved to be kind of safe um, but it was enough for me too. And then we've got River um in her second outfit that she made, because apparently the first one she didn't like very much. So I yeah. I would love to see what the first one looked like because this one turned out great too. I mean, but essentially again, this is fabric attached to a corset. Mm-hmm. She did do some other small details though. Like uh, I like that the little pillbox hat, the uh-huh. little like perfect necklace. The scarf. I like that she sleeved yeah, she pleated a skirt. You know, I think that like there's nothing wrong with using a, a corset base or something like that, but you're trying no. to do more than just glue some shit onto a corset. She had a cute little shtick for it with the flight attendant deal. Mm-hmm. I thought this was very cute. And that is exactly why I think River's version of this corset look is just better than Crystal's and why I don't understand yep. why they rated River lower than Crystal, I think. So... I don't understand drag race sometimes. <laughs> Me either. It's a nut. It's a total nut. Like she got it done. Um, yep. um, and then we got Charity, who is also a great constructor, who comes out with this 
I guess it's almost like a clown, like circus yellow look with big Mm -hmm. peplum sides. And I think she boned a corset. Of course, she left the back completely open, um, which some may say is not a completed outfit. And some may say is a choice. Uh, How do you feel about it? (laughs) Honestly, this was my favorite Campfire Couture look. Me too. <laughs> I, lo- I loved this look. I felt like the detail, the attention to detail on this look was great. Um, it, you know, the top hat, the little neck ruff. I mean, she had accessories all the way up, all the way down. Uh-huh. The, the structure of this was very high fashion, which was the challenge. Yeah. Um, it was very high fashion. Um, it, I mean, the fact that she managed to make a boned corset out of like, a table tablecloths table i think yeah yeah it was a tablecloth and like tent poles i think was what she used um i mean that's incredible this looks i mean this looks wonderful and like the asked out whether that was like an original design choice or just the fact that like maybe we didn't have enough tablecloth i don't know but it uh-huh. was well executed i and the, i mean the hair and the clown makeup this was a very cute look um and i was really disappointed that she wasn't in the top um, yeah, it bummed, it bummed me out because that combined with that rabbit look, I felt like it was an incredibly strong runway for her. So it's a total nut, total nut for me. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, it was my favorite. So yeah, she was my winner of the, of this episode. Now I just watched Kill Bill. Uh, I, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, do you like Kill Bill? I do. I love that movie. I mean, it's so camp and so ridiculous. Um, Carissa May comes out looking like a straight up Kill Bill character, uh, like El Driver, um, except the Spanish version with the, the heart over her eye, full black hair, body contoured gown with hearts all over it. Um, just above the knee or below the knee. I thought this was really cute. Um, I, I liked this one a lot too. Um, they hated it for some reason. I don't understand. (laughs) Like I understand that it is just kind of like a wiggle dress. So yeah, but dress- so many people did. I mean, ugh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. I mean, I have some. I have some feelings about that. It is, but she paint, she painted all of the hearts on it. She's a bigger and like, girl, you know, and she's getting lambasted for having a bigger body. Essentially, like I don't understand this, but right. Ooh. And that and the, the details were great too. Like a like her belt on the inside of the belt, she put two carabiners to make uh-huh. like a little heart. Yeah. Um, so use camping carabiners to make that, and that I mean and. I have to love a queen that would look at that weird owl with a top hat and be like, I'm going to use that. And her story, (laughs) her story story that makes no sense. It's like, I'm out in the woods and, you know, I decide to be a villain and I see this owl and he tells me what to do and I'm going to do whatever the owl tells me to do. And I'm Carissa and I'm evil now. (laughs) Right. My boyfriend busted my eye out. What is this story? Like she was so funny and Honestly, like they kept talking about her having dirty tights and stuff. And I didn't think that it looked bad like that. I didn't think it looked awful. I mean, oh, like they did. They were they reading the her thing. dirty tights. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. They said some stuff about having dirty, like, you know, worn out tights. But that's also something that like, if you think back about, um, like season six is my favorite season of Drag Race in yeah. the US. And I love that season. But like Adore was one of my favorites and like busted up you know tights and trash drag and uh-huh. you know they gave her a little bit of hell for it but not like this um so i don't know i i felt like that was very unjust uh, well crystal crystal's tights yeah. didn't match her skin tone at all and they didn't read her for that um mm-hmm. 
problem, problematic. Uh, stop it. Yep. I, I actually quite like this look and I understand why they might say, well, it was just a blanket wrapped around, but it wasn't. She, she had hemmed this to fit, you know? Yeah. She made that little ruffle on the bottom. She made a little like mock neck on the top. Like it's not just like no under our body it was i love i love a turtleneck moment like it's mm-hmm. it's really nice um i don't know i just don't understand why they didn't like this so but it's a total nut for me because it, it's also so campy like yeah you're gonna you're gonna get a camp supply store um like challenge and then you end up deciding to be a, a villain from kill bill like i how do you do that I love you. Like, I will love you forever. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's weird bloody hands and like, yeah, I love this look. Um, so yeah, this is a nut for me too, for Mm. sure. Um, speaking of fleece blankets made into looks, the one that they did like was Scarlet who turned this tablecloth situation into, which honestly looks like a very couture, very fitted dress. Like it's very beautiful. It's a pretty dress, but it didn't really do anything for me. Like, I mean, it is pretty, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but when I look at this, this doesn't say high fashion to me. I mean, she didn't make any accessories for this. It was just, is what it is. And I know like it was just the dress. So did I, I guess also RuPaul loves share. So it is a bit of a share moment she's serving. So yeah. I guess that's she did the, make me laugh with that little share hair flip though. That was very fun. <laughs> that's the rule on Drag Race: dress like share and you will win. Um, yeah. So, Unless you're Chad. is this a nut for you? Can, are you nutting this? I, I mean, I can't not nut it. It's a nice garment. Um, if I'm going by the, you know, by the metric of did it hit the mark for a couture camp look for me, I'm mm-hmm. going to cut it. Whoa, I think controversial! I love it. I think <laughs> I think it's beautiful, but I like, I don't think it hit the mark for me as far as the challenge goes. Work. Uh, I'll hail the queen of camp cutting Scarlet down work. (laughs) You're not worth it. You're right. I hate her. She's terrible. Oh my God. I'm creating drama. Now I'm saying this and I'm going to go cry because that's what we do when we create drama on Camp Mikiki. Oh, a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. You're going to feel so bad after this. Um, okay. Oh my God. She's going to hate me. (laughs) So then there's Vanity, um, who comes out in uh, ropes glued to a corset with a skirt thing that she kind of made. I I don't like this. How do you feel? <laughs> I think this has the, like, inspiration of maybe something cool. Like, I when she started putting it on the, the, the bra when she was doing the ropes, it had, like, a very Gautier kind of moment for me. Uh-huh. Because um, I was thinking about, like the Madonna cone bras and like he did a bunch of rope stuff like that back in the nineties. And I was like, this could be really, really cute. Um, but then like the ends were unfinished sticking out everywhere and you could see like uh-huh. the white frayed like uh-huh. rope and it didn't go. I mean, it just didn't come together. It just looked like it was thrown on. And I mean, it wouldn't have taken, even, even if you didn't want to hem the skirt, at least trim it where it's even. Um, it's, it's a cut. Like it's just a cut. Yeah. That's um, a cut for me too. And then we've got Ella, Ella Viday, coming out in her own plaid mini dress, uh, red tartan plaid. And she also constructed this, I thought, really cool jacket, like with spiky shoulders out of, I don't know, yellow tarps or something. Yeah, it was like raincoats and tarps. Or, yeah, I love this look. I thought this was very high fashion. I like the the undone wig. It was like perfectly 
undone and like tousled. Uh-huh. Um, she was giving me like cool mom energy. And she put and she put plaid cuffs on the coat as well. Yes. This like, I felt like was very cute. I loved it. Like I thought it was totally like a rain slicker moment. And I thought the colors were really I really liked the colors together too, the yellow and the red. I did too. I like this was a, a very fashionable look and I was surprised that they didn't like this more than they did. I, I was shocked that this didn't get ranked a little bit higher. Maybe just um, like it reads better on TV and like in person, it just kind of looks worse or something. I don't know, but I quite like this. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would have noted this one. <laughs> and also Ella, Ella didn't know how to sell or anything. And she turned this out. Is she just a liar? Maybe she's just a liar. Who knows? Yeah. She's just trying to be a ringer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I okay, thought well, it was very cute. Though. I think we're at the last, this is the last one. The one and only Veronica green coming out in. Well, <laughs> how can we describe this look? It's uh tissue paper. The paper might- <laughs> yeah. It like a, it's almost like a, um, what are the things that, um, Oh my God. The things that you smack with a bat. I can't remember the name of it. A pinata. Um, that, pinata that has the candy in it. Yeah. I'm like, Marionette, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a pinata to me. Um, it's very pinata. I don't, I don't um, even, she's got the two kites attached in the background like wings and then just like full-on tissue paper mushy center with you know gown hits the floor but the idea does i don't yeah, know the, i well, wasn't sure where she was going with it when she grabbed those kites but i was thinking maybe like a cool headpiece or something um i don't even know i mean it was just she just went for everything she wanted to make a giant couture garment and mm-hmm. it's just not and, quite there well, and it sucks too, because like, you know, that she's great at construction. Like we've seen stuff that she's built and it's beautiful. Like that yellow yeah. gown was gorgeous. You yeah. Know, she knows what she's doing, mm-hmm. but I mean, and her talking about time management as a struggle for her really <sighs> hit home for me too. Right. Um, because like I have, I have ADHD and uh-huh. time management is also a, a big thing for me. And I know that feeling and that pressure of get this done, especially in a situation like this. I mean, you know, when you start running out of time on stuff, it's, I mean, it's awful. I've been in that exact situation. So very recently. Yeah. yeah, I feel for her deeply on that. Um, and I mean, it was, it was hard to watch, especially knowing that she's the reason that a lot of these other girls really got their stuff together. Yeah. At the end of the day, they put Veronica and vanity in the bottom. (sighs) Do you agree with that decision? Um, I think I have to agree with that decision on this one. I do feel some other people had a few weaker looks, but as a whole, um, I think I do have to agree with that decision today. I, I, I wasn't sure about the tops though. I thought Ella should have maybe won this, like her looks were just phenomenal. And also charity. Charity was my favorite. Um, Ella was my second favorite. Although like Ella's little butterfly catcher was my favorite happy camper look. Mm-hmm. The charity was my favorite couture look or sorry. Yeah. Charities is my favorite couture look. So I, I think the two of them should have been in the top. So, so um, far the only people with through Peter badges are the skinny little Twinkie boys. Yay. <laughs> fun. Come on diversity. At the end of the day, but Scarlett had a very good, good episode. She won the mini challenge. She won the main challenge. So True. do you think that makes her a front runner now? I mean, 
with the way they're judging, I honestly can't say who's a front runner. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So we got Veronica and Vanity in the bottom and they have to sing, or no, they have to lip sync to, um, uh, I get the music in me by the Kiki D band. Mm-hmm. And this lip sync was pretty great. Yeah. This lip sync was really intense. I, I was pretty mesmerized watching the two of them. I mean, I thought from the moment that music came on, Vanity had it. But Veronica like ate up that stage and her, her costume was flying apart and just, Oh my God. It yeah. was amazing I, to watch. It was almost like, I think Veronica knew what was happening. And I think it was almost like a swan song, you know, right. like she was just ripping that costume apart and she was just giving it, leaving it all out there on stage. So like, I loved every second of watching her. It was really intense, but I feel like vanity really just connected with the song. You could For see sure. it on her face. Like, the energy was there. It was, I think they were doing two different lip syncs in their head. You know, uh-huh. I think vanity, vanity was trying to win. And I think that, uh, Victoria was making her last impression, not Victoria, Veronica, Victoria okay. already made her last impression. I and keep now, confusing the two. God, well, well you're lucky Veronica. because guess what? Both Veronica and Victoria went home this episode. So. <laughs> It's so many V names, Veronica, Veronica. We don't have to worry about any of the V names anymore. They're both gone. (laughs) Not Vanity. Oh, no, Vanity. Oh, Vanity's a V name, too. It's too much. Veronica, Victoria, Vanity. It's a little easier to not confuse Veronica, Victoria, though. I hate that because I, ugh. So, yeah, we have to (laughs) say goodbye to Veronica Green. This is one of the most heartbreaking moments. And this is... It was. This was a very heartbreaking episode to lose... Victoria at the top of the episode, who I was just like loving, gunning for. And then to lose Vic Veronica at the the end of the episode, who is already on such an emotional journey. Um, Yeah. Like the whole rug has been pulled out from underneath the show now. Like it's anybody's game. I mean, probably Crystal Mm -hmm. at this point, I guess Crystal's going to win. I I really like UK Drag Race. I get tired sometimes watching the same things happen in every season. So that's, you know, that's a little frustrating, but it's nice to see like different representation. And I'm hoping that they, I'm hoping that the other girls get a chance to shine that are not necessarily that like cookie cutter mold of thin, white, beautiful. Absolutely. Um, so who are, who are your, who are your tops? Who are your tops to win right now? Um, my favorite is Teresa. Mm-hmm. We, we done said that. I think that she's, she is my personal favorite. I think that charity is incredible. I would love mm-hmm. to see her go far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think Ella is somebody to watch too. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's there no are a lot this of bunch to me, really. But no, except the ones who keep winning, um, <laughs> 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 which is so frustrating to me. It's like I love everybody except the ones who keep winning. Um, How funny! <laughs> well, and surprising um, for race. <laughs> not shocked. surprising at all. I'm not shocked. This is this is every season. We're always complaining about the winners. Um, we know, we know. So Geneva, um, that it's been really amazing talking to you and just chatting about Drag Race. Um, do you want to share your socials with the children? Tell them where they yeah. can find you. Yes, yes, yes. You can find me um, at Instagram or pretty much all social platforms at GC Drag. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. GC Drag. Do you have anything coming up in, in the near future? Or? 
Um, well, <laughs> I've had a few like uh, local Halloween type shows, but I'm looking to try to do some touring, like actual touring around in the spring. So uh, follow me on the socials and you can keep up with where I'm going to be and where, when I'm going to be where. Words. Mm-hmm. Words coming out of my mouth. Articulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check that out. Um, and you know, stream camp on season three, if you want to see me win. Yes. <laughs> Always watch the camp on to see Geneva, just kill it all season. She's a delight to watch on, on the show. And let's, let's be real. Geneva is like the first queen, a fab queen. Um, she's it. So if you're not following Geneva, you're doing something wrong. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I do want to say it like, uh, it, it is important to me. I know they, they, they say AFAB queen for uh-huh. Victoria. Um, but I, I like to try to make the distinction. I say AFAB sometimes, but it's, uh, I, I identify as a cis woman. Uh-huh. Um, and, but there are AFAB queens that are like not women. Um, uh-huh. because on season two, Kit apparently was on season two of Kiki as a queen and Kit is a trans man. Um, so I, but does queen drag. So I do want to say like, they identify as they're an AFAB drag queen. So I do think that it's important that they are an AFAB drag queen too. So, um, I just love being able to like go back and be like, oh, well there's other, there's other AFAB performers too. They're doing the thing like hollow Eve is Uh an AFAB. uh, Hollow Eve from Dragula last, uh, Uh last time. Yep. Uh, Season two. Yeah. Season three. three, three. Cause she was on, she was on with Yavska. Mm-hmm. I love hollow. So, um, so what I am is the first cis female queen to do something like that. So I'd like to try to make that distinction. So I don't want to take anything away from that's the, a good, uh, that's a good, that other people have had. That's a good um, distinction. Thank you for that. Cause I mean, yeah, it, it starts getting really complicated. Um, it does. <laughs> it does. And I like, I hate to try to, to, to nitpick on things like that because honestly, mm-hmm. I just think it's important that we're, we're in the room and we're making space. It doesn't have to be. I'm so uh, happy that you are. Cause like, I mean, you, you absolutely belong there and we're just amazing to watch the whole time. So. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, and thank you so much for having me on the show to talk about all of my stuff and, and break down this ah, episode with you. So I'm so glad that you came and did it. I mean, <laughs> all hail the current reigning queen of camp, Wanakiki. And oh, thank you. I can't wait to see you, you know, out and out about and doing your thing in the world. And um, thank you so much for being on Squirrel Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hope to see you again soon. Well, Geneva, um, we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to all the children. I hope you're all cool and keeping it relaxing and maxing and cool out there. And you've, you've learned a lot from Geneva because Geneva is just one of the best uh, people out there. Um, so do you want to say, you want to take us out? Well, I'll take you out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Thank you so much for joining us. And do you have a tagline or anything? How do you um, usually end your shows? We just usually say bye. Okay. Uh, thanks for coming. You have to go home, but you can't stay here. You're cut that's, off. That's perfect. Get out, everybody. <laughs> Leave. Get out. Bars closed. Right. Bye, squirrels. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.